Coming up this week on Beyond the Vibe, we're joined by Alan Nimmo of King King. I was, I was a very reluctant singer uh, for a lot of years. I sang because I wanted to be the front man of the band. You know, I, I, just like, I find it strange when I, when I talk about like how long I've been doing this, but I, because I honestly genuinely feel like I'm just starting. I've got an old, I, I found an old, uh, years ago, I found an old 20-watt Marshall JMP head. 20-watt, oh, and it's an absolute cracker. <laughs> uh, I remember we, we showed up to the, we did a, a festival just outside Barcelona. I came on <laughs> and I was like moving this big head off this, this cabinet, sticking this wee tiny one up there. <laughs> and I could feel it like, oh, the Spanish lads all kind of like, and I, I just sort of said, trust me lads, you may laugh at the size of it, but wait till you hear the sound of it. And they were like, yeah, yeah, okay, mate. And then I switched it on and played it. And they were, they were like, I was like surrounded by them going like, man, what is that? <laughs> Hello and welcome to Beyond the Vibe, the show that cuts deep into the world of music. My name is Aaron Daly, guitarist in UK band These Wicked Rivers. And I'm here with Mr. Music Videographer and Photographer, it's Mr. Ryan Vasey. Mm. Uh, it's a bit of a difficult one this week on Beyond the Vibe because um, we found out last weekend just gone uh, for the passing of um, Tom Layton, Wolfjaw, um, and I think it's it's affected kind of everybody in the in the rock community um, and the outpouring of of kind of love and and emotion, you know, and, and memories of Tom are massive. Obviously, I, we we had our return gig after COVID with Wolfjaw. And um, it was great to see Tom and his and his partner Heather. Um, obviously, sadly, he leaves behind um, Heather. They only, only got married, bless him, about a month ago. Um, and it's just just such a tragic loss. Um, but I think with moments like this, right, it's important to remember um, Tom for for how much love and how much people just felt comfortable with him as soon as they spoke to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, he was on the the show last year. Um, one of our first ones, wasn't he? Yes, he was days, only yeah. episode six. Uh, very early adopter. Um, I mean, a big thing for me was he, he goes uh, right near the end of the program. He says, "So I, I've been listening every week." And like, like for me, like because I'm not like in this musician world and stuff. Uh, for me, it was like this is serious now because like, now we've got like a <laughs> we've got top got, like, from like, a real sure, musician man, that's the, listening every week. And, um, you know, he, spoke, he said at the end, because he, he teased at the time about, uh, he goes, uh, oh, we've, uh, for the, the re-release of Starting Gun, um, we're putting a, a cover on it. And he did this kind of like little smile. <laughs> and the, like, like he wouldn't say what it was. But once the episode is finished, he was like, right, I can tell you now. And he goes, uh, oh, we're doing the, uh, you've got another thing coming cover with the Judas Priest connection. And he was like, oh, you know, I'll send you it. And this is like months in advance. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it was like the first mix, I think, at the time. It was but good. That, that, it, was, it was awesome, wasn't it? It was great. Right? And it, but it, like for me, it was like this level of trust. You know, he just met me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I could have just gone, "Thank you very much, Tom. I'm going to share this." <laughs> but you know, he 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 just immediately trusted me, and you know, obviously, he knows you as well. And um, I mean, our first yeah. we first gigged with him. Um, when they were the bad flowers um, we played with them at the asylum um with those damn crows i mean which mm -hmm. is crazy to think you know all that time away and um 
And Tom was a bit of a legend of the of the scene, and I think we've seen that from like the outpouring of love from from everyone. Like everyone seemed to know him, you know, because Bad Flowers were one of the first bands to really push through. Yeah. And obviously they went to Wolfjaw, and um, and it felt like Wolfjaw were really starting to to break through. You know, obviously I had um, had the yeah, the album out, you know, kind of last year, and then we we're about to tour with with Phil Campbell and the, and the Bastard Sons, and it's just. You know, and I think one of the things I keep thinking of is is, is Dale, man, because obviously Dale's been in the band with him for so long since they were kids, you know, and, and I've just just got so much, you know, just just love and just thoughts for for everyone, in, you know, that knew Tom personally as well as everyone that gigged with him, you know, because I think he had that effect on everyone. And the best way I think to remember Tom is to is to play some Bad Flowers and Wolf John, remember the power. And mm. the creative force that he had, and the impact that he had in our lives through through his music and his, his personality. So, yeah, bit of a bit of a difficult one, um, but wanted to be a celebration more than more than anything else. Absolutely. So, obviously, on this week we've got a bit of a different show on Beyond the Vibe. Uh, we're coming out on a mm. Thursday. Um, it feels weird. strange. It does. <laughs> it feels Thursday feels. The, the world is different on a Thursday. A, people always say that, don't they? Don't feel like a Thursday. Right. They don't feel like a don't feel like a Monday. Um, <laughs> yeah, we were out on a Thursday this week as we uh, it's tomorrow is the first leg of King King's UK tour, and we're mm. speaking this week with uh, with Alan Nimmer of King King as a bit of a King UK tour special. It's very interesting with the King King tour, right? Because we we when we chat about this in the podcast, don't we? The fact that mm. uh, he split it into two legs with two different support bands and uh, and when i saw it i thought oh this is a bit it's a bit weird but when you look at it and when we chatted in the podcast with alan you think this is actually is this is this how tours should be like what's your vibes on it do you think it do you think it works or yes i mean it, this was it i mean when i when i first saw that i was like you i was like what what's he doing <laughs> you know <laughs> the classic vating what's he doing to two hours with two different support bands how's that gonna work but then like then he's then he speaks about you know why and then you all of a sudden go, oh yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like well, that's I mean, probably what everybody else should be doing. I mean, we've obviously we've just been on on tour uh, with Blackwater, and uh, and it's like when you're touring for you know so many days, and then you have a break and stuff, it's it's awesome because you're really in the flow of it. But at the mm. same time, when it ends, it's like oh. You get really get the tour blues. We chatted about it with Chris last week because he just come off the Blackstone tour. But I suppose when they finish this leg, King King, they'll feel refreshed. You know, they won't feel, and then they won't feel the blues because they know they've got another one in February mm. with a completely different band. You know, <laughs> and what about them supports as well? I'm well into because yeah, yeah. obviously remember his meet. I think they're a great, great kind of compliment for each other. And obviously, damn true for just a killer band that are just mm. smashing it at the minute. So yeah, I, I really envy uh, people that we heading down for. King King's UK tour, which kicks off tomorrow in Leeds. Um, but if, Brian, if they want a bit of a taster of, yes. uh, of Alan Nimmo from King King, where can they find that sort of thing? Well, they can find and hear that. <laughs> Hello, so we're joined by Alan Nimmo of King King. Thanks for joining us, Alan. Hey, hey thanks for having me, guys. Cheers. Thank you very much. It's <laughs> a cool. pleasure. Um, now, one thing that we like to do on the show is uh, we like to go back to the origins of a musician. Um, so with that in mind, um, when was the first time, do you remember hearing music and thinking like, this is what I want to do? Was there a moment for you? Uh, do you know what? I actually, sadly enough, no, I don't think it is a moment for me. Um, I think um, music was something that I, I, I that was always there in the background when I was a kid. Um, my, my, my father was a singer and, and my mum was... She's a huge 
huge blues fan and a sort of classic rock fan. She, she loves all that kind of music and sort of put me onto a, a lot of bands at the time when I was a kid. But, you know, and I, and, and I think it was more like later on in years, even I, I, all those early, early influences really started to, uh, they, they started sort of bubbling up to the surface again, especially when it came to songwriting. I realised where the influences had came from, you know, listening to bands like Free and mm. and uh, Bad Company and, and, and you know, like everything, Roy Stewart, Steve Marriott, all that kind of stuff, B.B. King, Clapton. So, um, but I, I think that the moment that, I, that when I knew I wanted to um, do music for, for, a, for a living or, or you, know, you know, I knew I was going to pursue music in some kind of form was, um, I think I was in my... I must have been about 12, maybe, and, and I, I remember learning the chords to Whiskey in the Jar. <laughs> and um, and then after that, I, I started putting, I wanted to put a band together with some schoolmates, and I ended up, my first gig I ever ever played was to 800 screaming school kids at the age of 13. <laughs> um, so I think at that point, it was like, and then it was more of a kind of, a, a, a series of things that you know you just like the more you do it the more you get into it then we started sort of playing little gigs here and there and church halls and stuff like that and then and then i met some people uh, who were a bit older than me and i started uh, playing a blues band by that time i was listening to guys like peter green and uh, gary mm. moore even stuff like mm. that clapton and bb king you know and all my schoolmates were listening to happy mondays and i was listening to bb king live at the regal so uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit strange but yeah so i so, sort of continually on sort of then you know what i, I you know I, I, you know after all that I, i'm still not sure if i want to do this <laughs> <laughs> So at this at this point, when you kind of you had the school gig and you learned, like you say, you learned the uh, course to whiskey in the jar. Were you singing at that point, Alan? Were the two together, or were you just the guitar? No, yeah, I, I I sang because not because I wanted to. I didn't really. I was I was a very reluctant singer uh, for a lot of years. I sang because I wanted to be the front man of the band, and that came that for me. That's that comes singing comes with that job. Right, so I okay. did it, um, but. Um, yeah, I was a very reluctant singer, and then I kind of, until I sort of found my way with it a wee bit, and I, I kind of got a wee bit better at it, I suppose. <laughs> we we seem to find this a lot, particularly with guitarists. Yes. Is that they kind of they they get pushed into it, or they do it like you say because they want to be a frontman, or they want to yeah. be the, they want to be they want to be the songwriter, and they know that's the best place to be if you want that role, you know. And then over time, they just seem to get better and better yeah. at it. And then, but I'm sure fans of Kinky can't believe that in them early years it was something that you didn't really feel like you had the calling oh, for, you know. Do you know, it was one of those things where. You know, I think that for a long, long time, especially before King King, obviously playing with with my brother and the Nimmo Brothers band, we we were more of a kind of uh, like a kind of blues rock type band, and I kind of I sang in that band because and well I sang, but I was singing like I was I was filling in the space. Yeah. Between guitar solos, you know what I mean. Was <laughs> one of those things, to be honest, I never really put the right amount of thought into it until I started concentrating properly on, on uh, what I, well, I think pro I started writing songs when I, when I formed King King. I wrote songs before that for Nimmo Brothers, but they were more like functional sort of blues rock songs. Like I say, that just sort of, you, you sang a few rhyming lyrics here and there about, about, you know, about your woman leaving you and then you bring you play this guitar <laughs> solo. And, uh, and, yeah, and, and that's, do you know what? That's some of that's still great. But, um, but no, when I started, sort of properly writing um, songs. Then again, that's when that whole, the influence thing of, of uh, mm -hmm. all, all those earlier, um, all those earlier, all the bands that I listened to when I was a kid, that's when it all started coming to the forefront of my, my mind. And, and then I realized 
I was I was I was phrasing all my singing like Paul Rogers, like David Coverdale, like Danny Bowes. I mean, I say it now. Don't get me wrong here. I was phrasing like them. I'm not. I'm not saying. I, I'm not singing like those guys. Those are the real deal. But you know, but um, but th that was the influence, you know. And and I started singing, and that's that in that way that you know that kind of that kind of let's say phrasing. And I realised that's where the influence was, and and it, and it helps me you now for. And then all of a sudden, I started realizing, like, especially with doing a radio show as well, it's like I realized that I kind of like I'm, I'm kind of an '80s guy, you know. I love all the '80s rock bands and like you know mm -hmm. everything that whole AOR thing and thing and everything all melodic, and it's a massive influence on me now. And I realized that now, and I didn't know it at the time at all. And then it sort of hit me, and then and I'm trying to use it to my advantage now. <laughs> <laughs> So you kind of spoke about it then, sort of the progression towards King King. So for those that don't know, how did King King come together? Well, um, uh, for the last, what's well, coming on for 26 years now, I've been playing in a band, at the, the Nimmo Brothers, but with my brother. And mm. um, in 2008, um, I, I wanted to do something a wee bit different. I wanted to try something alongside that i mean the nimble brothers didn't ever ever end it wasn't a kind of thing we're, we're packing that band up now we just we just sort of we just we just slowed it down a little bit because mm. i wanted to i had i had a hankering for a long time to work with keyboards i wanted in particular hammond and again i think it was because of the whole the early white snake stuff the rainbow uh, the, the, the sort of the glenn hughes coverdale yeah, I love um, all that stuff, man. It's awesome, stuff, you know that. Um, and I and I had and I had ideas about songs and how I wanted songs to sound that needed that kind of sound that it just needed that Hammond and the piano stuff. I had ideas for 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 songs and stuff. So I wanted to try something a bit different. And um, and and then to be honest, uh, we 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 first started it with the, with the players we had at the time. We were a real blues band, you know. We, we we were probably more of a blues band than the Nimmo Brothers were. We we kind of we based ourselves on bands like the Red Devils, uh, the Fabulous Thunderbirds, Ronnie Earl, that kind of thing. So, but then once once the songwriting started, it was very noticeable that we were we were going in a different direction from blues a little bit, and but it was always going to be in there anyway, no matter what. But yeah, but it was it was great, and, and that's kind of how we started it, and then very very quickly. Um, it kind of, it kind of, it rose up to, you know, we we were doing the little, the little blues clubs. Then we kind of quickly started to move up into, into the the, the slightly larger venues and that. Then we started winning a load of awards, which was great. We got we we got all the all the blues accolades from the blues society, and and then we ended up getting it so many times. We were in the hall of fame, stuff like that kind of thing, and then. And then we did a tour with John Mayle, John Mayle and the Blues Breakers, which oh, um, changed, changed everything for us. We went from playing to 150, 200 people to overnight. We, we After doing a tour with John, we started doing city theatres, you know, at the 600 mark. And then, and then we did five nights with Thunder, five nights. It changed our lives. That was it. Amazing. Um, man. We started, we started, we started really filling rooms after that. And, um, that was that was that was amazing, and then after that, of course, we did a tour with with Europe, and we we got to fulfil some boyhood dreams. You know, we you know we uh, we played at the Albert Hall, we played the Wembley Arena, and you know things like that are great. But you know what? Um, I'll be satisfied when we're doing it on our own steam. Mm. <laughs> so, so there's more to come from King King. 
<laughs> Amazing. Mm. Um, so, of course, uh, King King's fifth album, um, Maverick, which came out in November, which, of course, you can now finally take out on tour. And um, compared to your previous releases, did you do anything differently this time, like whether that be in the writing or recording process? Yeah, I think um, I think all of that really. To be honest, um, we 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 used a different studio, a different engineer, um, mm. um, and and we 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 really. Uh, and in fact, this was a sort of, this was the first outing as writing partnership between myself and and Johnny, our cable player. We, that was the first time we had sort of decided to write together, and and that was a was a real eye opener. It was a, it was a real pleasure actually. Um, I normally for for years, I used to get you know I used to get in a I hated going into the studio. I hated being cooped up in a room, and I didn't really ever look forward to getting the albums. And I wanted the albums done and out of the way. You know what I mean? Because I, I hated I hated having to sort of lock myself in in dark rooms. And I like the sunshine. You know what I mean? And I, and I, we don't get much of it up here, <laughs> so I like daylight at least. So. Uh, uh, yeah, so the songwriting that, that we, that Johnny and I decided once we sort of realised that we we've actually had a real track in chemistry in that sense, and then we started, you know, I think we've always Ken Kings, we've always prided ourselves on on detail, you know, paying attention to detail when we're writing songs. But this, I think, this Maverick went to another level in terms of how we how we how we pieced the songs together, how we how we even uh, wrote and produced the songs as well, mm. as well as, as paying attention to all that detail. And that I think made the difference, of course, with the with the different studio and a, a you know a different engineer and stuff like that with a with a, a you know a, a different kind of outlook. I think he managed to get you know, we wanted to focus a lot of the stuff on, on ironically, my voice. <laughs> I'm a proper reluctant singer. <laughs> um, so, but he managed to find a way to, to get the best out of my voice and make it sound as good as it sounded on record anyway as well. Uh, with with whatever, uh, whatever, you know, tricks he used. I, I, I'm not really a technical guy. I've never been one of those fellas. I'm more of a hammer and chisel fella, but and I, I, leave all the, I leave all the computer work to those guys. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of like that. It was it was a real difference in, in, in the, for me anyway, if I'm for us boys, it was a difference in the quality as well. It was very noticeable. And 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 almost as well as, as it being a kind of scratching the surface type of thing as well. So, because we're looking forward now to doing the next album. Yeah, of course. Because, yeah. because the new guys that we brought in, um, really brought to life the, the 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 vision that we had for the for the songs. They were you know they were so capable as well as players, and uh, getting the best out of them was a real was a real pleasure. And for once, I really enjoyed doing this album. I really did. I really I, I loved every minute of it. I had I had a great time doing it. Whereas before in the past, I've kind of not. I've kind of been like, oh God, when's it over? You know, like like. And then I'll force myself to get the songs written and done, and it, go. I, 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 I want I want to be back in the road touring. I want to be outside doing something else. But this was uh, this was great. I loved doing this. It was real real pleasure to do. No, that's really cool, man. It's good that even after you like obviously the band have been together for about 12, 13 years and you yourself have been gigging for like sort of 20, 25 years, that you're still able to to find new things and new writing partnerships and new energy going into the studio. And the fact that you normally dislike it and then all of a sudden this sudden change you're able to go go come out of it with that positive energy is great, man. You know what, man? It's like I, you know, I, I just like I find it strange when I when I talk about like how long I've been doing this, but because I honestly genuinely feel like I'm just starting. 
you know, it's like, it's just, <laughs> well, you, you're always you learning, learn something you? every yeah. day in this business, you know, whether it's, you know, there's always something new, to, to, there's always something you've no done, you have no realised, there's always a penny to drop somewhere. And, uh, and I think that, and I think it is, again, it's like, you know, what like you talked earlier on about what, you know, what made you want to do this? It's like, I know, I know that if it, for me, I know me. And if after all these years, I can still get excited about this, then this is, this is me for life. This is, this is who I am. It's what I am. So it's not like a, it's, this is not something that's, that I'm going to get bored with. This is, I can't live without this, this past, mm. this whole period where we've all been locked up, not being able to do this has been, uh, has been horrendous as, as I'm no doubt been for all of us, you know, and, it's just, it's going to be so great just to finally get back to doing what we do. No, you know, it's also maybe a wee bit daunting to be honest, but you know, <laughs> away from it for so long, you think to yourself, we're a bit out of practice here, you know, and you can rehearse all you like, but until you're on that stage doing it in anger, it's uh, there's a wee bit left to jump, <laughs> mm. so uh, but we'll find it when we get there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really struggled with the physical thing of getting back here. I mean, I've made this joke many times on the podcast, but I was I was close to like bloody collapsing after the first couple of gigs, man. I was like, bloody hell, because the adrenaline you forget the feeling and the rush. Yeah. And, and when I was coming off stage, I'd forgotten how to really come down from that, you know, and to process yes. that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we did our first show there in, in August. And that was after that was probably getting on for two years since the last time we were on stage. Wow! And we went to Homeforth to do a one-off show. And, yeah, a great um, venue. And honestly, I was I was um, I was exhausted. I was like, yeah, you, you. And I think as well because of the the anticipation of all the tension and everything else, and then you got on stage and you probably exude more energy than you would normally on stage because it's like you've not been there you've not done it for ages and it's like i walked off the stage man and i was like <laughs> out of account man i was knackered <laughs> and then That's i had to it. drive back to glasgow <laughs> <laughs> bloody hell is there a personal favorite for you off the album um alan one for fans to look out for when you finally well, get to work um, and gig it? i've got so many favorites from that album it was it's one of those i i haven't i haven't i keep listening to it all the time and that's you know that's obviously since last november and um i've not found one i'm bored with yet um normally i get to that stage where i'm like skipping one of them or whatever and going like oh god no um <laughs> but, i mean i think songs like um i think songs like whatever it takes to survive or, or uh, by your side one world I will not fall. I mean, things like that. Just um, they, they. I mean, th these are the songs that that are basically I'm so proud of, and they are also songs that are saying, "This is this is what you're gonna get from King King now. This is this mm. is kind of this is the direction. It's it's not a direction is, that we're moving in. It's just how it's progressing. Really, it's just it's, next next chapter of the band. Yeah, that, really, that's all. That's it, what it is. Really, to be honest, and we're we're utilizing the best the best you know of, of of the of the lads in the band we're getting we're getting the best out of them and and if we've got that kind of talent sitting there then i want to use it and i want it i want it to be used right and properly so that we get the best songs i mean that's to be honest that's all that matters you know that's yeah. that's the one thing we we I, that we pound into them um it's not about the individual it's not about me it's not about them like and you know like i'm trying to say to the guys like you know like when you're when you're playing a song step out of yourself and don't mm. think just about your performance. Think about everything. Think about the song and what it means. What you're doing. What what does that mean to this song? Mm. And um, and that's when we'll get a good song. And it goes back performance as well. Goes back to that every detail thing you was on about yeah, with course, Maverick. Absolutely. You know, yeah, 
You've got yeah. to, so at the end of the day, you've, you've got to serve the song, haven't you? Yeah, of course, man. Yeah, and and that's and that's um, that's the kind of thing that, that that ultimately will 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 make your audience larger because when you when you concentrate on finding a song that that can that people can even relate to or that, that touches somebody, you know, something like that. You, you, I might be singing about personal subjects in my life, personal things that have happened, but you know, if you try and make it as universal as possible for that, that everyone can can take their own interpretation of it and understand it maybe go oh yeah, yeah that reminds me of me and what i did then it's cool then you then you you're sort of you're you're reaching out there to, to a wider and a wider audience if you if you can and that's that's great i mean that because that's what we want at the end of the day not believe you know don't get me wrong i'm not i don't want i don't want more bombs and seats for more money i want to i want this music to be heard and yeah. that's all i want as yeah. many people as possible to hear it no, that's killer, man. And obviously, like you kind of referred to yourself earlier as being more of a, like a, a hammer and chisel kind of guy in terms of your in terms of your rig that you're taking out. You know, obviously, we've been one of the two guitarists in the band. What do you tend to take out? Do you have certain guitars that you always take on the road? Any yeah. new ones that you've picked up during lockdown? Like no, the... no, yeah, more likely I get rid of ones during the lockdown. No, I I tend to these these days. I, I've always uh, started out as a Les Paul guy, mm. and then obviously with the more sort of diverse things needed to be especially with with king king you know right up until this 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 year when there was only one guitar there yeah. i've been using more of the stratocaster so i i use a lone star strat uh and and i i've got um i've got a, a deal with bare knuckle pickup so i've got some bare knuckle uh slow hands in there along with the, the humbucker i got i use them i use the mules and my les paul i've also yeah. I, i've also got another guitar that, I, that my les paul made by Corsa guitars they're a, they're an American company who, right. who built this what what they are called what they call the 59 Peter Green Les Paul and it's an absolute smasher it's a belt oh, beautiful man uh, it's beautiful so I, I I do tend to for the majority it's the Stratocaster um and then I'll, I'll use a Les Paul for certain things here and there but it's a nice dynamic to have it's and my brother's the same you know he's he, he'll use both you know we 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 grew up together using the same kind of guitars, so um, we've we've got that sort of similar dynamic. I use Buddha amps, uh, Black Star amps, um, and I've got an old. I, I found an old uh, years ago. I found an old twenty watt Marshall JMP head, oh, twenty beautiful. watt, and it's an absolute cracker. <laughs> uh, I remember we we showed up to the we did a, a festival just outside Barcelona a rock festival and they had you know they had all the martial amps that they'd got and they, they're all all racked up there and and I was like I, I came on <laughs> and I was like moving this big head off this this cabinet sticking this wee tiny one up there <laughs> and I could feel they're like oh the Spanish lads all kind of like kind of looking at it going like and, and I could hear them chatting going like what what's that and I, I just sort of said trust me lads. You may laugh at the size of it, but wait till you hear the sound of it. And they were like, "Yeah, yeah, okay, mate." And then I switched it on and played it, and they were they were I was like surrounded by them, going like, "Man, what? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> I told you." <laughs> so yeah, it's all there because you know I need I need a diversity in sound, you know, and sometimes I need a really, really sort of kind of a chimey, jangly, clean sound. Then I need some. Then I need some beef, and then I need some more. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, no, it sounds, sounds killer, man. I love them. I'm a big fan of bare knuckles, particularly. I used to have the slow hands in a parts caster I had, and they were just, they were just awesome. You yeah. know, they could handle being pushed with a bit of gain. Yeah. They clean up really nice, and they just serve all purposes. So yeah, that yeah, sounds I think, killer. I think they've got. I think they've got enough 
they've got enough in them, haven't they? They're not too. Mm. They're not like they're not like too weak as as like the old traditional Stratocaster pickups. But they're very hard to to drive. They're very clean, and they're not too. They're not too overpowering either. Yeah, they've still got that vintage voice. Yeah, that it still gives you that Strat sound for me. It's they're really cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's killer, man. Mm. Um, so King King formed in uh, 2008. So with the band having been together for 13 years, um, I imagine you're immensely proud on everything that you've done so far. Um, but where do you see the band in 10 years' time? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll see if we can get through the next year. I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what, man? It's uh, that, that, For me, it's, 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 it's... I mean, milestones are great. Uh, mm. You know, and we, we you know, we've... We've kind of we've, we've been very lucky in uh and how the how the trajectory of the band has, has has moved forward all the time you know it was it was a very tough thing for us to do at the beginning it was very hard mm. there was a lot of hard work involved but but what i always what kept my faith in it all was even through the hardest of times was that it never went backwards ever it always even if it was baby steps sometimes it always moved forward and that's the great thing about it. And like I said before, there, you know, with, with, you know, Mavericks the sixth album, and I feel it's just the beginning. Uh, mm. So you know, uh, you know, ten years time, twenty years time, I'll do this till I'm not able, basically, until I can't walk on a stage. I'll be here doing this, and so will we, as far as I'm concerned. We, this is this is our life. This is our love, and mm. uh, King King is 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 my soul. So it's uh. Uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll do it for for as long as we can, as long as people want to come and watch us. It's <laughs> kind of like, I love love the energy, Alan. Like, I just got to say, but I'm well into it. Like I love the enthusiasm. Like even after this time, it's like yeah. this is just the beginning of the band. Because like you say, new things coming. It's like oh, is this going to get better? Like it's pretty, it's yeah. pretty good a bit before, but it's like is, is this going to even get better? And I just love that because it's <laughs> yeah. the reason why we all do it. Like you want to you want to yeah, feel like you're constantly moving forward and constantly growing. Yeah. You know, that's which is, yeah. which is killer. I think if it's, I think if, if 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 you're not, if you don't feel that way about it, then then yeah, don't do it. You should you yeah. move on to something else, man. But you know, yeah. this this for me is like I say, this is you know we're scratching the surface here of what this band's potential is for as far as I'm concerned, and and um and I and I can't wait to watch it. I can't wait to develop it and, mm. and see how it develops as well for myself as well. Just. And I, I've got, I, I have got, I, you know, I have been, one of the good things about doing it for so long is I, I, I have developed a strange ability to, to step out of it and look at it for what it is. And it's like, and it's great to do that. Whereas before I couldn't do that, I, I wasn't mm. able to do that, but I kind of can now and you watch it and it's like, ah, yeah, man, this is, you know, and then, and, you know, and I go back to Maverick now and I, and I think, oh, mm, great. Mm. I could have fixed that. I could have done this. <laughs> I would have done that different. And that makes you realise that you're still hungry for it and yeah. want to move on to the next set of songs and the next album and, and and improve on that. And I think one of the great things about about King King is which which to be perfectly honest, a lot of bands never get to achieve is that um, uh, uh, no matter what way it's come up come around, each album from from number one to this one has has been better than the last. Mm. We've improved each time now. That could most likely be because, like you know, <laughs> on that album number one, I wasn't a very great songwriter. <laughs> you know, so, so at least, but at least if you get better and better each time, at least you know you're doing something right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, but you get a lot of bands sort of peaking on the first or second album, and then it declines after that. They've run out of ideas. So, uh, you know, I, the, the great thing about this band is that we, the, the, 
the more we seem to do, the more ideas come and the better they seem to be. So um, long may that continue. Yeah, definitely, man. <laughs> so in terms of looking forward to what's next, obviously we're releasing this as like a, a tour special, Alan. So it'll come out on the Thursday. So technically when this airs, the mm. tour will be starting tomorrow in Leeds. Yeah. Um, and obviously the tour is split into two legs with the first being supported yeah. by uh, When Rivers Meet and the second with The Damn Truth. They're two awesome support bands. We've, we've had both of them on, on the podcast before and they're great, great guys as well. Um, mm. What was the thoughts behind kind of splitting the tour into two legs, Alan? As obviously it's well, a bit unusual, but on the face of it, it, it kind of actually makes quite a lot of sense, you know. Yeah, I mean, you, well, you, well, you've got there's so many factors, I suppose. You know, there's there's there's, there's kind of like the fact that it, it's all been moved so many times. It's been moved mm. and, and shunted backwards and backwards, and then some dates have couldn't fit anymore. We had to maybe move here or there. You know, something got moved into that space, and then another one moved, maybe brought in because we couldn't do that. Uh, so I think that it was it was a good idea to. It's always so fluid and it's always so that I mean, I, I feel sorry for, for Barney, our manager, because he was the one sort of trying to try to piece all this together all the time, and then things, <laughs> all the goalposts kept getting moved all the time. And it was like, oh, I think he was pulling his hair out at times, going like, ah, oh, man, how am I going to keep trying to fit this all in? So two legs is great because, especially, uh, especially in Scotland, because uh, we've got an Edinburgh show in this run and a Glasgow show in the next one, and you, mm -hmm. you simply can't put them in the same run. All right. Those two cities in the same town on the same tour because uh, it, inevitably what will happen is you you instead of doing it this way where we get a, a, a full house in Edinburgh and then in February we'll get a full house in Glasgow. If we put them on the on the both in the same tour, then you get two half empty places. Mm. Uh, they're they're just Scotland is just too small. Um, everywhere's too close together. You've got two major cities in Scotland and they're 45 minutes apart. Mm. So um, that's a good point. So things like that are all a factor for everyone. So yeah, and and um, so yeah, and it gives us it gives us another 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 run out after the new year as well to before we before we head off into European territory again mm. with, with with all with all the luck in the world that everything's cool. We can manage that. Um, yeah. So I mean. Next year is going to be a, a busy year for as well, and I think you know the following year, to be honest, is probably going to be when it's um, probably back in full swing, really. Like you know, and then I'll be I'll be wishing and praying for a break. It's <laughs> 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 a typical musician, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. We moan that we've got nothing, and then we get too much and moan that we need a break. That's it, mate. Well, that well that for. With that first lockdown hit, Alan, I was like, oh, finally, I can sit on my arse, you know, can finally yeah. not have to gig for a bit. And then after about two hours of not gigging, I was like, Jesus, I'm cooking. What, what, what am I going to do? Yeah, I I I'll go, yeah, I'll go, go down the co-op dressed in what I wear on stage yeah, just to man. just try to experience it. The local shop up the street there, man, has like been, been surviving off of me, man. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, when, when I looked at it, I, I did think that it makes sense. And as well, because you're giving fans two different experiences. That's what I liked, you know, with the support yeah. bands. I thought that was really cool because they, if they've seen you like in Edinburgh, it's not like you're trying to give them a similar thing, you know. It's a whole different experience and people can, can vibe on whether they want to have two different sides oh, of that yeah, it's really totally. cool. and, and you know what the thing that, that that's that's always been something that we've been we've been proud of as well as over the years it's always something we've tried to do uh as as you know we, we we struggled we struggled for a long long time and we did you know I, I, you know I, I, king king's a very in-house band in terms of what how we've managed to um manage the whole project build a profile and everything else and and, and 
we've we've kind of it's it's been through elbow griefs really to be perfectly honest and not a, mm. not a massive amount of outside help um so we wanted to give younger bands and stuff like that a chance we were we were the type of band who i i am a musician i don't i'm not i'm not one of the i'm not one of the people in bands that like see another band and think that's a rival that's a that's a compadre man you know what i mean that's like yeah, we, we all do this we all do this together I hate I hate the fact that there's a there's, there's too many there's too many bands and artists in this country and everywhere else that treat music like a competition. Mm. And it's just not. We you know we you know you and I grew up in different parts of the world, man. Different parts of the country. We're not listening and having a love for music. We should be mates. Mm-hmm. You know, 100%. not rivals. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you know. So that's that's our, that's always been our, our thing. It's like I love watching. A, I love being at a festival or somewhere and watching and seeing a great band and going, wow, that was amazing. It makes me want to run and pick my guitar up and go, mm. it makes me want to go and do it. Whereas you find other people like want to want to shy away and like want to go and put their gear on eBay. You know what I mean? Because mm. someone was good. Well, it would be a pretty boring world, wouldn't it? If there was only one good band in the world, you know what I mean? It's like, there's, yeah. great, there's great musicians out there. So we wanted to be the band that helped younger bands that were struggling as well. Give them, give them a chance to come and play in front of an audience and get them to know people to know who they are. And, you know, and that's what we've always done, and that's probably what we'll always do. No, I really respect that, man. Obviously, beside the tour dates that are kicking off tomorrow with Leg One, and, and then on the 10th of February for Leg Two, have you got any other gigs lined up kind of around that? There's a few things, yeah, there's a couple of bits and bobs happening. There's, uh, we've got the, there's a, there's a nice rock festival up here just uh, just south of Glasgow in a place called Troon, uh, which is called Winterstorm. We're, uh, we're mm. going to be playing that this year. We're going to be headlining Saturday night, um, along with bands like, you know, Gun and Alcatraz and all these all these uh, great bands, and um, and uh, I think in January we've got a few. We think we're doing Skegness um, weekend, and uh, then we're going across to Dublin and Northern Ireland, uh, Belfast for a couple of shows in January. Oh, amazing! Um, there, there may be more than that, but off the top of my head, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, you do a lot better than most, Alice. So you yes. are, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just gave myself um, a quick reminder before we come on here. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> well, I'm going to at least. <laughs> um, now, one thing that we'd like to finish the show on, uh, it's a bit of a hypothetical question. Uh, if you could tour with one band from the past and one band from the present, who would they be? Oh, mm. uh, 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 you know what? Um, because because they were such a massive, and I mean like, and you know, and got inside into my blood influence. Uh, free uh, mm. would be a band from the past. Um, um, probably Paul Kossoff and Paul Rogers were probably the reason I picked a guitar up, and well, and essentially wanted to, eventually wanted to sing. Um, <laughs> A band from from the present. Uh, oh, 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 I don't. That's a toughie. That Chris Stapleton. Um, I Good think choice, Chris man. Is one of the uh, best and and the most amazing singers and songwriters that there's been for a very very long time. He's he's been a f- breath of fresh air in the music industry. Um, not only for his for his talent, but for the fact that he's just a just cause seems to come across as a normal dude, man. Mm. You know, he just doesn't he. he, he you don't see them doing all the usual garbage, you know what I mean? That, that comes with comes with a bit of stardom, and uh, and he's, he's the songwriting is mind blowing, man. Uh, 
the fact that he can make it sound so simple, it makes you think that you can do that. Mm. <laughs> you, you listen to Chris Stapleton and you go like, oh yeah, yeah, it can't be that hard. <laughs> it's it's the, art, the art of a good Boy, oh boy, do we learn that that's rubbish talk. <laughs> <laughs> cool, so we've got, we've got King King opening mm-hmm. and we've got Chris Stapleton and then we've got three. I mean, that's one of the best we've had in a while, right? Strong that, is, yeah. that, that, that is that is killer. Not bad line up, eh? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll try and put it together. Leave it with right, us. Okay, sweet. Uh, I'll I'll jump in my time machine. We'll do what we can, brother. Thanks ever so much for your time. I really appreciate it. So King King's first leg of their UK tour kicks obviously tomorrow night in Leeds uh, mm-hmm. before continuing in Liverpool, Exeter, Bexhill, Bilston, Cambridge and Edinburgh. If you've not got tickets already, they're available from kingking.com, gigcartel.com or planetrocktickets.co.uk. I did well then, Ryan, didn't I? I know, you flew through that. I know. I, I, I thought at one point I was going to pass out because I was literally just <laughs> from full motion, but I got to the end of it. Alan, thanks ever so much for your time. I hope the tour goes well. Thank brother. you very much for having me. Thank you. So yeah, that was Alan Nimmo of uh, King King. Um, did, Ryan, did you enjoy the way I kind of like, because obviously Ryan has his, his little entry into um, into most interviews <laughs> and um, what I like to get the bat ready and I'm getting ready to serve it. And then I like to set the ball on fire and then just throw it at him. And just it see how he like, goes uh, you, know, you know when you, uh, you see those... Uh... There's like car crash compilation videos, and uh, and you <laughs> and you and you see somebody's like just tootling along the road really nicely, and then like some tire off the back of a lorry just comes off and's like hurtling, and they have to like oh shit, just got like you handled it well, off. and you, you know you didn't get destroyed by the tire, and yeah, we were able we, to get uh, through to the uh, to the King King interview. <laughs> We, we managed to get that. <laughs> yes, uh, and I enjoyed chatting to Alan. Obviously, it's something that we've, um, like we've, I think I've always wanted. I've always been interested in King King because they're a band that I've always seen around. You know, like mm. we said, you've know, been around for thirteen years and stuff, yeah. and um, and they always feel like they've been a band that's always been at the top. You know, or kind of around the top. You know, headlining most Planet Rock festivals, and you get that vibe from Alan that he is basically, you know, a seasoned musician. And when I mean seasons, it's that he's a musician in every sense of the word. You get yeah. that vibe as well. You know, just the for it for, for me the um the hunger's still there he talks about you know like, like he mentioned oh uh you know we've done uh, support slots with various different bands and stuff and you know like we've done gigs at wembley and stuff and he goes but it but it wasn't as us mm. and i want to do that yeah you know as, I like a, as the headliner band that's it. it like it's like you know this was cool but it's not good enough yet yeah, yeah. But I loved, I loved his, his energy. Like we said in the interview, I love his energy for where they mm. are now. You know, a few lineup changes, you know, this new songwriter I make with him and the keyboard player. It's like, you know, even after 13 years, it's still, like, I loved, I think he worded it as even after this time, it only just feels like the band's yeah, getting started. Just the beginning. And I love that, man. I think that's so cool, you know. And I think for people going out to see King King, they're probably seeing them along the journey, you know, or if it's the first time, they're going to be seeing a band that's completely, you know, wants to deliver this next chapter and are excited about this next chapter. Because there's nothing worse than when you're seeing bands and you can tell they're going through the motions yeah. or they're just playing the same songs, recycling the material that got them to where they are. You know, you want to feel like you're, you're supporting a band and you're part of that journey and, you can, you, you know, you're helping them get to the, that next chapter you know and you're really following a band i think that's what being a rock fan's all about you know so you know and it feels like king king are really on that journey so yeah it'll be a good tour and uh, and i'm sure anyone who heads out will, will really get a great experience as well with when rivers meet on this first leg and damn truth on the second oh absolutely um 
you know, it's going to be an experience. I mean, he's, you can feel the, uh, the excitement of returning mm. back to a gig as well. Mm. And there's, you know, I felt that with, with speaking to a lot of different bands, but you can, you can feel that that's definitely his thing, isn't it's it? Brewing like like a, it's brewing like a passionate fart, isn't it? It's just brewing. It's going to go as soon as you get out of it. I try. I try. I got a B in uh, English. Um, that's astounding. What do you mean astounding? <laughs> Don't say it like that. I'm very proud of my B. Oh, dear. Uh, that, that's it for this week on uh, Beyond the Vibe. Uh, if you like what we're doing, uh, you can subscribe, of course. And uh, you can follow us on Facebook to find out what new guest we have each week as we release a teaser trailer every Wednesday from 10 a.m. And normally we do have the podcast out on a Saturday from 10 a.m. as well. Of course, it's a bit different this week. Um, but uh, if that isn't enough, we also have some uh, other things around the corner. We, have, we put out extra vibes every so often, but uh, we also have a new show. Uh, beyond you the announced gear. this last week, didn't you? Yes. I know we did announce this last week. Um, I'm baiting it again this week. Yeah, get uh, it. <laughs> uh, beyond the gear, uh, where we go out to different uh, venues and meet different artists, and we talk about their gear. Obviously, yes, um, I get to indulge all of my interests, my filthy, yes. dirty interests, and, <laughs> and we get to actually go out and socialise, don't we? I know, which is, it's a scary concept for, for those terrified. involved. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but so far, we've we've done we've done a couple, and and everyone's yeah. survived. I think everyone's survived. Well, we've survived, and that's all that matters. Absolutely, um, we run out yes. the door with our content and yes. <laughs> into uh, the into the darkness. <laughs> yes, I just took my briefcase and ran away. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, uh, tune in next week where we might be doing something a little bit different. Yes. We'll see that's you it. next week. Be a fuzzy lover. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fuzzier than your face, mate. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot of air on this body. All <laughs> <laughs> right. It was lovely to speak to you anyway, Tom. You too, bud. We look forward to whatever you're going to release to us this year, you know. And for those that haven't listened to, to, uh, to Starting Gun, which will be re released at some point this year through Listenable Records or to the Heart Won't Listen, make sure you check them out and mm. give uh, Wolfshaw some love. It's good to see Thank you. Thank you very much. You too. Cheers. Awesome.